Hello there. Thank you for inviting me into your eardrums again. I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches Trashy Books. This is episode number 415 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. And today I am talking with Renee Atier. Now she was a guest in February for her first book, The Beautiful, and now the sequel, The Damned, is out. So we're not only going to talk about vampire romance, but we're also going to talk about a really interesting and pretty freaking amazing virtual book tour she put together. So many book events are now virtual, and I wanted to learn more about how she put this particular week of online events together. We're also going to talk about makeup, cooking, instant pot recipes, books. This is a very well-rounded conversation. Now, I do want to warn you that at about minute 21, we talk a little bit about some of the events that inspired her to write this story. We mention sexual assault, the Kavanaugh hearings, and I want to make sure to give you the heads up that you might want to skip that minute if that's not something that you want to put in your eardrums right now. So about minute 21, skip one minute. Now, if you have been to virtual events for books or otherwise in the quarantines and you really like them, I'd really like to know what was so great. What worked for you? What are the events that you are signing on to participate in? You can email me at sbjpodcast at gmail.com. You can leave a comment. I'm just really curious. We're all virtually gathering. What virtual gatherings really work for you? This podcast is brought to you by Ritual, which is a daily multivitamin that was obsessively researched for women. It is vegan-friendly, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, allergen-free, and all of the sources for the nutrients inside are provided for you to read and research on your own. Ritual is designed to be an easy way to build a daily ritual. Small habits, big changes. I really like how easy it is that a new bottle is delivered as soon as the old one runs out. I never have to remember to go to the store, and I like knowing what's inside each capsule and why it's there. The source is provided, I can do my own research, and it never makes me nauseated. Daily changes can lead to big results, so start small today. Ritual is offering you 10% off your first three months. Try it out. Satisfaction guaranteed. Go to ritual.com slash Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, to start your ritual today. That's 10% off your first three months at ritual.com slash Sarah. Thank you, as always, to our Patreon community. Each pledge that you have made helps make sure that the show is accessible to everyone, makes sure that everyone gets a transcript, and keeps it going every week. So thank you for your support. If you would like to join, have a look at patreon.com slash smartbitches. I will have information in the show notes about all of the books and makeup and recipes that we talk about. Do not worry. I will have a code in the outro for 30% off sandals if you think you need new shoes. Listen to the outro. I'll have more details. And of course, I will end with an absolutely horrible joke because that is how we roll around here. But it is now time to get started with this episode. On with my conversation with Renee Ardier. Well, thank you so much for having me again, Sarah. It's such a treat to chat with you. I am Renee Ahdia. I am the author of the Wrath in the Dawn series, the Flame in the Mist series, and the recently released The Beautiful and its sequel, The Damned, which came out at the beginning of July, a couple of days ago, and is a vampire love story, basically. I, uh, I've been in love with vampires since I first picked up my first Anne Rice book when I was 12 years old. And this is the culmination of lots of daydreaming as a teenager. And I'm just still thrilled to death that I'm able to share this book and this world with readers. So you have The Beautiful and The Damned. The Beautiful came out earlier. 
Mm-hmm. Damned, Damned came out in July. Mm-hmm. This has been a, a bit of a different book release experience. Yeah. A little different. It's so funny too, because the beautiful, the beautiful came out in October. And so we had always uh, wanted to put out the dam. So I had this really like, like uh, truncated publication schedule because I wanted to see what would happen if I published the dam sooner. Um, and then it, we, we had to shift it around anyway, just because of everything that was going on. Uh, and everybody was kind of flailing. They were, they were like, are we doing tour? Like towards the beginning of the year, are we still doing tour? And I was like, no, no, we are not doing tour. <laughs> so- <laughs> Doesn't it seem like October was like five years ago? Oh, for sure. I mean, and honestly, <laughs> honestly, it feels like in February was five years ago. Cause that's when we were still discussing. I mean, I don't know like how serious this is going to get. And we were like, Oh, this is getting serious very quickly. So yeah, mm-hmm. all the plans that we had already had in place for me to go different places to uh, market the book, obviously all of that had to be shelved and we were putting together a virtual tour, which is new for everybody. Yes. And I want to ask you about that. Absolutely. I also want to ask you though about writing this book because it's you have written series. You've written uh, books that continue a larger story arc. You've written incredibly complicated worlds. And you have this new world with fashion, New Orleans, vampires, the undead, and kick-ass women doing kick-ass things. Was it challenging to write the sequel? Did you write them back to back? Was this one long book that was split? Like, How did you approach this sequel? And was it different from other sequels you've written? So it is different from other sequels I've written in that uh, it is not the end of this series. Um, it, there's, there's, there's more to come, which was wonderful because I had spent so much time building out these worlds. First, the beautiful takes place in 1872 New Orleans. And um, it's, it was just so much fun to really explore the, New, the Victorian New Orleans for what, it, what was amazing about it and what was not so great about it. New Orleans has a really fraught history. And I think it's really shaped what the city is today. And it's a city I love very dearly. And then in The Damned, we're still in New Orleans, but then we also get to branch out into this larger world that I've created of lore that that deals with, you know, fae, vampires, and werewolves. And there's a lot going on here. So that the fact that I get to continue working to expand and build on what I've already written in this series is very, very exciting. And yes, I pretty much did write them back to back. I, I have an idea for what I want to do with the rest of the series, but... Um, because of the this the current pandemic situation, um, I haven't been able to get as much writing done. I have a I have a, a small child too. I had a baby at the beginning of uh, the spring, and that's been a blessing, but also very difficult for everything yeah. going on right now. And it's it's not working for the creative process because you know until very recently we weren't able to get any help. So, um, nope. but I'm very excited to, to dive back into this world very excited to continue expanding on it. And um, I'm just thrilled with the response I've been receiving. It's, it's been, it's, it's been a balm to my nerves with everything that's going on. And it's a world that you can sort of escape into. Exactly. Which is already comforting because we've already talked about how much there is a, it's like a really strong nostalgia that's unlocked when you go into the vampire romance world. (laughs) So true. You did a really cool virtual launch week, and I'm fascinated by this. And I know you just finished, so thank you again for taking time to do more talking after you did a whole lot of talking. (laughs) 
how did this uh, series of events come to be? Tell me all about it, because I think this is so cool. And certainly, we're going to be doing a lot more virtual events in the future. So I'm, I'm curious. Tell me how this happened. Tell me all about it. So, I mean, it's it's sort of like it was early on in the discussion when we realized the pandemic was a thing looming on our horizon. Um, you know, thankfully, we realized, yeah, grew everything up. <laughs> exactly. And thankfully, I realized along with my publisher, even before our government did that this was going to be a uh, problem. I mean, we, we can have a discussion if they've ever really realized that this is an issue, which is just so upsetting. But uh, we realized early on that what we were what we wanted to do to market the book was obviously not going to work given what was looming on the horizon. And so discussions were kind of started early on about making the events virtual, reaching out to the um, independent booksellers that we had already partnered with when we were planning the in-person tour, and just trying to see if this was even feasible, because there's so many logistics to work out. It's not just about, you know, does Renee have internet and access to Zoom? It's, you know, how how do the booksellers feel about doing this? Do they have internet Mm -hmm. and access to Zoom? Um, are they willing to help market this? Because, you know, there's still some independent bookstores that are not open yet. Do they have the space and the time to market these? I mean, there were a lot of harsh realities that we had to, to uh, sort of work through. And thankfully, the booksellers we did partner with were terrific. Um, and I also wanted to take it a little a step further because, you know, we're all doing these Zoom calls. We're all doing... Uh, crowdcast stuff. We're all trying to reach out and connect uh, via the internet as much as possible. So I wanted to kind of level up a little bit and make the events uh, stand out a little uh, just by giving them themes. And, you know, that that was really fun because I get to I got to partner with my uh, my writer friends whom I had already reached out to to be my in conversation people at these events. And, uh, I, you know, I sat down, I brainstormed a little bit with the team and we came up with these really cool ideas and it was, it was so fun. I mean, like just, it was firstly wonderful to get to see the faces of friends I hadn't seen in a long time. And it's odd too, especially because one of them is one of my dearest friends in the world, uh, Saba Tahir, who's the author of, uh, the Unember and the Ashes series. And mm-hmm. I haven't gone this long without seeing her in years now. And it, it, you know, we always tour together whenever each of our books come out. And so being able to do an event with her was wonderful. Um, connecting with readers again was wonderful. Being able to answer their questions. But obviously, I mean, nothing is going to replace an in-person event. The connection that I can have with the reader, just that face-to-face connection, even if it's just for the span of a minute or two. I really, really value that. And uh, I'm thankful that we have uh, this in place. But I I don't know that it's ever going to be an adequate substitute. Um, Mm -hmm. But I'm very pleased that we even have this option, given everything that's going on. And, you know, a lot of people come together to to create a virtual thing, just as much Mm -hmm. as people come together to create an in-person thing. It is still a collaborative effort. You just you miss that in-person energy, which is hard to replicate. It's hard to replicate. And also, like, again, because we're not, I'm not able to speak directly to anyone other than the person that I'm having the in-conversation with. So I, I, I miss that too, especially when uh, people come and they tell me their stories of their love books, their love of, you know, characters I've written, or just, you know, getting to connect with people who've been bookworms for decades, just like me. It's, it's, uh, I miss it and I, I love it. It's one of my favorite things about this career. And I'm just very thankful at this point that we like that we have the internet 
in this space because there there's some bad things the internet obviously gives us, but that we have the internet available to us to do at least something. That yes. was that was really wonderful because I, I feel like a lot of my peers, we were all sort of commiserating, like, what are we gonna effing do right now? Like right. I don't know. And and I feel so strongly for authors right now who are having their a debut book come out this year. Um, my heart goes out to them because like you're you're you've been the whole marketing machine that would have been in place to help you has been completely uprooted and no one really knows what's going on right now. I mean, we're still trying to work out, you know, how we're going to continue moving forward. My friends who have books coming out this year, like, Hey, how did everything go? <laughs> you know, tell, yeah. me, tell me what worked, tell me what didn't work. So those are actually my exact questions. I know you okay. had themes for each night. So there was an mm-hmm. event July 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th with a whole bunch of different stores and different authors in conversation with you. What were some of the themes that you came up with and what worked really well? So a lot of these things, it's funny. My my husband is really a marketing genius. He's a business owner here in North Carolina. And he and I were brainstorming topics early on and we came up with some really fun phrases. The first night was a gothic pajama party. That was with uh, Subba and uh, that was with me and Subba. And we had such a good time. We both dressed up in our pajamas. Um, and like I wore this like black silk pajama set and I tied up my hair. We were going to do face masks and really just make it seem <laughs> like, like we're hanging out. And we told everybody that we were there, uh, like uh, who, were, who was joining us, all of the readers and anybody who was just like sitting down to hang out. Go get your face masks. Go get a cup of hot tea or um, whatever it is that whatever beverage you'd like to drink and let's all hang out. And it was super fun. Um, and then the next day I had a, uh, I, I, we called it the spill the damned tea because the book, the damned had just come out with a Roshni Chokshi. So we both got uh, cups of, of tea and she brought a cocktail and we talked about, um, our book. So it was almost like this extended book lovers happy hour, which was really fun. And then Wednesday, I had such a good time on Wednesday because one of the things I had had in place before all of the uh, pandemic stuff had happened is I had commissioned with a historical seamstress to have a cosplay costume made. Um, oh, no. Yes, I did. I did. I, and she, she's this brilliant, brilliant woman who, who uses like extant patterns and builds things just based on like how they were made historically. And she just, I'm in awe of her talent, even as we were talking about this earlier on and planning it out. And she was sending me these pictures of garments that were like in the Smithsonian. You're like, what, what do you like about this? What do you like about that? So she built this beautiful costume for me and obviously didn't have any place to wear it. Uh, and uh, whenever we were halfway through the process, I was like, I still want to do this. I still want to figure out something we can do. So Wednesday night was with Holly Black and we did a Victorian vampire cosplay. So I put on the whole thing and Holly dressed as a vampire. She had fangs and we told everybody "That's amazing." Um, dressed as, va- as, as vampires. And I had all of these, like both of us had all of these fans like tweeting and Instagramming pictures of themselves with fangs or like really cool gothic makeup. And the bookseller this night was so fun. She, she got completely dressed up too. She had, uh, it was, it was, it was really fun. She wore a mask, the bookseller who was uh, helping to moderate the event. And then the last night was with Marie Lou and that was Q and a from six feet, uh, undead Q and a from six feet away. So, um, <laughs> We just themed out the nights, made them uh, uh, like like just a little bit of 
because that's I, I mean that's what I think we're all looking for not just a, a chance to be entertained and listen to people talk about the things we love but to kick back and feel like even in our homes we're hanging out with somebody so I, that's what I really wanted to do I wanted to create a situation that was escapist and fun and also talked about books in a way that you know people who are fans of these kind of stories and fans of all of these writers these amazingly talented women that I'm privileged to call friends that we could just all sit down and make it feel like we were hanging out. I love that. And I, and I love how it, it, you involved people into the activity going on. It made it part of the event to be there at the event. It made it more present and immediate. Like this is something you want to see live. Absolutely. That's what we thought too. And we, we also plan to have everything recorded with the, uh, with the bookstores and eventually I, I'm hoping to put those up on Instagram, on Instagram TV, just, but I want to give like, like some semblance of like exclusivity to people who could make the actual event. So, uh, but I'll, I'll throw those up on Instagram eventually, um, which is, which is also really exciting because then we can have some further engagement where people who maybe didn't feel comfortable uh, actually attending the event or for some reason couldn't attend the event can still sit down and have a good time and listen to people talk about books. Oh, for sure. And not only do you get to listen to people talk about books, but you get to celebrate books. Exactly. And that's one of the things we're sort of missing, you know, when you can gather in a group and celebrate a book that's just out or a book that you love. That's that's a very contagious feeling. It is. It's, it truly is. And and I think all of us miss it. I think all of us miss being able to, there's, there's a singular joy in sharing a project that you worked on or that you really love for, I, I don't know, for such a long time and letting it kind of be no longer yours. Because once I, I that's how I feel. Once I put a book out, it's no longer just for me. It becomes for everybody else. And it, they're they're allowed to make of it what they will, and and that's always an exciting, scary time. And this was different, so it was it was good to. I could, I guess a lot of it is, and I talked about this with my editor. I'm sure you're feeling this way too. Like, it seems difficult to celebrate anything given everything that's going on around us. It seems like I even felt that when our son was born. You know, like. It's just yeah. difficult to really have the time and space to celebrate something and feel like, is this appropriate? There's so much, uh, but, but I, as my, as my husband said, and as my, my mom actually said, you know, you have to celebrate the things that you can celebrate, um, and be earnest and upfront about it. And I think that that's, that's served me as well as possible throughout, throughout all this. And I'm sure, I'm sure you're, you're right there too. <laughs> Yeah, it it can be really hard to celebrate and to celebrate so publicly. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it it's important. Agreed, agreed. Because this is what I'm I I want to do in my free time too. I want to chat with with uh, book lovers. I want to read stories that take me away and that I can fully immerse myself in and have that have that wonderful hypnotic transportive quality to them. And that's what I endeavor to write. And that's what I'm looking for in a really good book. So I, I'm excited when people come to me and they say that they were transported for an hour or two or however long where they sat down and they found themselves, you know, giving up precious sleep to finish a book that I've written. That's There's no higher compliment to me, especially in times like this. Oh, for sure. No question. 
especially how much people are asking me for recommendations. What can I read to, to that's like this? I need to escape. This is, this is where, this is my comfort experience. I imagine being able to escape into the beautiful and the damned is something that readers mention to you a lot too. Absolutely. And, and that, that's the thing that's really, it's helped to keep me, uh, keep my spirits lifted about the, about like what is to come and keep focused on the future uh, because like, you know, I think a lot of people around us are struggling with, uh, with the present and I know we are all struggling with the present and getting excited about books and getting excited about being able to dive back into this world and hearing everybody, you know, to ask me, what, what are you doing next? You know, what are, what are you doing with these characters? Cause this book, this series can't be over yet, given where you left off on the damned and I, it was so gratifying too to have people reach out to me basically like the day the book came out and be like, so I just finished your book and I'm like, wow, thank you, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much. Just, I mean that you immediately read it and that you obviously, you know, powered through it. It's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. And it's, it's why I do what I do. So what are some of your favorite moments in this book? It's interesting because I, I remember when we chatted about the beautiful, I guess, 10 years ago, back in October, when yeah. we chatted about the beautiful. Um, in I the before about- times. <laughs> exactly. Um, we chatted a little bit about how I drafted that book during the Kavanaugh confirmation hearings and how that was, yes. a, that was a, a very real and raw moment for me because it brought so much my anger at the patriarchy, my anger at, you know, my past and the things that I had experienced in terms of sexual violence and being able to put that onto the page, because one of the inciting incidents in the book is that Celine murders the boy who tries to rape her. Celine is the main character in the beautiful. And I'd always known with the damned that part of my central thesis of that book was going to be dismantling toxic masculinity and if Celine is the uh, uh, protagonist of the beautiful, I would say Bastion is the protagonist of the damned. We get a lot of stuff from his immediate POV. He came to me as uh, his voice was first person present, which was odd. I usually write in third person past, but his POV chapters are first person present. And he is grappling with this tremendous upheaval given what had happened at the end of the of the beautiful he has been turned into a vampire against his will and he thinks he's now destined to live a life of uh an immortal life of blood and hate and anger and completely devoid from the human world that he'd wanted to create for himself because he'd never wanted to be a vampire he he had been very strict about this with his uncle who is a vampire and who eventually made him that he, this was not the life for him. And now he's a vampire. He's given up on Celine because Celine's memories were taken from her. And he's just sort of wallowing for a long time. And his uncle really wants him to, in his mind, rise to the surface and be the man that his uncle wants him to be, which is the very definition of a toxic male. This, this very power, power hungry, power driven, money hungry, um, anger, anger is the primary focus of everything any emotion you have it needs to be channeled through anger rage and violence and just yeah. like, uh essentially like one-upping everyone around you You have to be the top you know, that idea that it, there are leaders and followers and you have to be the leader this very yeah this very definition of toxic masculinity and 
Bastion starts to see what this is. And it's very difficult because for most of his life, he's admired his uncle. He's wanted to be like his uncle because his uncle is powerful and everyone is afraid of him. And especially yes. the political uh, landscape we're looking at right now where we're, we, we have a leader who thinks it's t- completely appropriate to have people follow you out of fear. Um, I really wanted to dismantle that. And I wanted Bastion to be the one to dismantle it. I didn't want a woman to do it for him because I feel like in so many books that I read and not knocking them, we're doing so much of the emotional labor for men to help them realize what's fucked up about the way that they are raised and how they look at the world. And it was really cathartic to write a character like this because I love to read alpha male heroes. I'm a huge fan of uh, um, historical romance, Regency romance books. And often those characters are very, the, the heroes are very alpha male. And I wanted to sort of suggest that you can have alpha male tendencies and realize what's wrong with it at the same time and work to unravel that so that you can be a better partner for yes. whomever your your significant other might be. And I don't I don't want to be too spoilery, but one of the things that I liked about the way in which he dismantles his own examples of toxic masculinity is that he comes to realize how easy it would be. That path mm-hmm. is so easy to follow. It's like it's right there. It's mm-hmm. no big deal. It's he had to not only reject, but also undo how tempting and easy and simple it would have been to been like, yeah, of course, that's how you do things. Exactly. And to resort to violence, which he sees as his uh, part of his vampire nature now to subdue people through violence and through brute strength. It's like you said, it's very, very easy. I mean, there are actual moments where he sees that, okay, this is a second nature to me. And then he's sort of horrified in the realization of that second nature. There's yes. one scene that I uh, I I loved to write, and it was it was, and I don't think this is too spoiler, spoilery. Um, Bastion is uh, put in a ring to fight another supernatural creature, and yes. his, uncle, his uncle has put him in there for the explicit purpose of scaring everyone around him into thinking Bastion is the new king. Bastion is going to be. No one can cross Bastion. Bastion is going to be the best of everything. And in the midst of this, uh, the vampires uh, in my world, when they're drinking from a victim, they are privy to that victim's final thoughts. And often what that victim is, is thinking about in their final moments, are, it's, their, it's, it's his or her or their life. And mm-hmm. these, the images of their life are sort of rifling through their mind. And, and, and Bastion is seeing this as he's drinking from the, uh, the, the, the throat of his um, victim, his, his rival in this fight. And he sort of sees that this victim isn't thinking about all the tr- uh, the, these wonderful times that this victim has triumphed or been better or won a fight. Or he's thinking about these moments uh, with family, the things that he's lost. And in and Bastion sees almost their shared humanity in these moments, and is horrified that he could so easily have snuffed out this life. And I, I, I really wanted him to come to these realizations on his own, apart yes. from any like woman figure coming in and stepping in. And there are definitely women in his in his world who who correct him. There's a sort of like one of his mom's really good friends in the book. Uh, sort of steps in and says, this is not, you, you, what you're doing here is not what your mother would have wanted for you. And I'll tell you why. And she, and she says it, but she sort of leaves him to figure out why 
he shouldn't be this way on his own. He takes the the, the self-direction to turn, which mm-hmm. I found so interesting and so powerful. It's um, it's delicious to to use a terrible verb here. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's it's an apropos verb. What are you talking about? I totally agree. <laughs> With the the virtual tour and the events that you did, what were some things that really really worked well for you? And what were some things you, if you do it over again, if you did another virtual tour, if you were advising someone on how to set up a virtual event, you would say, well, maybe not do that. You know, I. I don't know that anything didn't work per se. Awesome. Yeah, I, I don't think that, like, I think everything worked out really, really well. I think everyone we were partnered with was super enthusiastic about getting out there and and trying something new, which I think is really important in a time like this. Like, you yeah. have to be working with people who are like, okay, I've never done this before. I could screw this up, but I'm willing to try. And let's 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 give it the good old college try. And all the booksellers were just so excited to have events and to have conversations with not only writers, but readers. Um, there, I wish there were a way, and I don't see a way around this, to be honest. And the only thing I sort of mentioned to my husband in passing, I really wish there were a way for me to engage in person with uh, the, I guess, the audience members, the people who are listening. Like if there were a way to do that, but it would just be nuts because you'd have like, I mean, some of these events had, you know, upwards of 90 people in attendance. I can't have like a screen that has 90 little, you know, 90 little screens all over it. But I wish there were a way that if somebody wanted to ask a question, it could toggle over to that person. But that's Mm -hmm. impossible to organize there. I don't think there's any way to do that. It's just because I value that face to face so much, especially when I'm conversing with somebody who has a question about my books. And, and that's just me wishful thinking and again, missing the in-person event, but I don't think anything that we did, I would, I, I mean, everything worked. It, it worked out really nicely. I, w- I was so lucky to have these wonderful authors to partner with on these and these bookstores who were open to trying something new. I think for anyone who is wanting to do something like this, I would give yourself a lot of lead time, give yourself a lot of lead time to communicate, not just with your publicist, if you are fortunate enough to have a publicist, I'm fortunate enough to work with an amazing publicity department at Penguin Random House. Um, And then make sure- I'm a big fan of your publicist too. (laughs) I am a big fan of my publicist too. She's fantastic. And I'm very, very lucky to have that. If you don't have that, be sure you give yourself a lot of lead time with these bookstores. Uh, make sure they have the space to sort of get the word out to their readers because that was really important to me. I didn't want to just create these virtual events that were um, not driving some sort of sales to these independent booksellers. And often those sales are going to come from local readers who are very familiar with that bookstore. I wanted to make sure they had the space, like whether it be social media, Facebook, whatever it might be, to get the word out to their readership um, mm-hmm. that there's an event coming up. And I remember, just again, to, to shout out uh, a terrific bookstore, uh, Fountain Books in Richmond, Virginia. I've never been there before, but Sub and I's event was hosted through Fountain Books on Tuesday, the release day, July 7th, which also happened to be uh, another Blackout Tuesday. And uh, the owner of that bookstore, who was just a gem, she turned around and redirected all of her sales to a Black-owned bookstore. And she talked about this in the very beginning of the event about how, you know, wonderful it was loyalty bookstore and how, how much love she had for the owner of loyalty bookstore and loyalty books is so great. That's amazing. So wonderful. 
And so the owner of Fountain Books directed all her sales there. So I have been making it a mission now anytime somebody talks to me about this to tell people to please buy books from Fountain Bookstore and loyalty books just because um, these are why booksellers are such wonderful people. It's not, it's not about some corporate mindset. It's about this team mindset. How can we help each other out? And how can we make the celebration of a book that's launching on Blackout Tuesday meaningful for what's going on around it? And to me, mm-hmm. this just was... Uh, it was a tremendous thing for them to do without flinching. It was a tremendous thing for them to do. And uh, I so appreciated it. And it, again, you just need uh, find good partners, have a lot of lead time, you know, give yourself time to also make sure on the day of that everybody's technology is working properly. Take a moment for yourself if possible before you get online, uh, because it is draining to sit and talk to people for a very, very long time. And you want to make sure you're in prime prime shape for it. You want to clear your head space. You want to, if you, you want to have like a ritual, I think it's really important before you sit down to do virtual events. My, my ritual happens to be doing makeup. I find it extremely soothing. So I spend time doing a face. I get dressed up as if I'm going to a bookstore because uh, I want to be in the right headspace for this. Yeah, we, 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 when we talked last time, you talked about how much makeup is a, is a play space for you. Mm-hmm. I love that. So it sounds like what you're saying is if you're going to do an event series like this, build a lot of lead time to allow everyone to reach their communities because virtually you need to, you know, it takes more effort to reach everyone when everyone, when everything is screens and everything is virtual, you need time to reach out to a bookstore community and an author community and a reader community. And all of these communities need to be reached out to. You need time to do Mm -hmm. that and to also reach out to your friends and your, in your network for support. Mm Mm-hmm. So when you reach out to your support network of friends to be in conversation and to do events with you, it, it you already have support when you log in. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's, and, and it's like you said, I don't want to be talking to people for 45 minutes. I don't want to do a recitation of, of my book. Like there are, they, I, we have a wonderful audiobooks available of my work and these, these amazing people do such a, the book a much better justice than I would if I were reading it. And so having conversations with uh, my friends and being able to share in that conversation with other readers, it's, it's wonderful. And working with people who can make that possible is, it's so important. And, you know, the only other bit of advice I'd be is like, make sure you're having fun. Make sure you're creating events that you're going to have fun with, that you're partnering with authors or friends or whomever it might be that you're in conversation with that you have a good time with them and you have easy rapport with them. Because if you're having fun, everyone around you is going to have fun. And ultimately, that's what I want. I want any book event that you know I'm a part of organizing or, or have the privilege of hosting, I want people to walk away and be like, I had a good time. We yeah. all need that so much right now. I want to have a good time. And I hope everybody else is wanting to have a good time when, when they're tuning in to any sort of book event that I'm a part of. So I do want to ask, because you mentioned makeup, um, I had to put on makeup for an, an event where I would be on camera and I sort of stood in my bathroom for a minute and was like, crap, do I even remember how to do this? <laughs> like, I, okay, this pencil's for my eyes. This one's, I know what lipstick is, but what am I supposed to do with this brush? Like, what makeup have you been playing with in the quarantines? In the quarantines. I still love that. Um, so <laughs> I have been playing with makeup that, because I have this lighting kit that I put on around me whenever I'm doing a virtual event. 
and it makes me feel like I'm melting. So I have all these fans going on. So I've, <laughs> I've been playing. I mean, also it's July. So uh, like everything that I'm putting on my face, I'm wanting to be extremely sweat proof and nothing that's very cakey. So yeah. I'm really in love with this. Um, it's a, it's, it's, I can't even remember what it's called. I should go grab it. It's by the makeup brand Ilia, I-L-I-A. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, this, it's this tinted, almost like a uh, skincare line, basically, that is a very almost light foundation. And I love it. It's got SPF in it. I think it's wonderful. I've been playing a lot with different uh, lipsticks. And also since it's virtual, um, sparkly things on your eyes, just to draw attention to your eyes. And you almost, too, if you're a fan of makeup, you almost want to go a little bit overboard if you're doing uh, virtual events because cameras, lenses, all this kind of – it washes you out a lot. And it yeah. it actually makes whatever effort you put on, you'll, you'll feel like you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're like, oh, this definitely looks good. And then you'll go and you'll see a video recording yourself and be like, oh, I don't look any different at all. So play it up a little. So what I was doing with all these virtual events is I was definitely doing more with the eyes, making the – Eyeliner bigger. I was using bigger false lashes. Um, play, playing with sparkle. Playing with cool jewelry, especially with this, uh, uh, with uh, everything being sort of like chest up. I would say yes. or waist up. Really cool jewelry. I think is fun. I'm a big fan of rings. I talk with my hands all the time. Uh, but just ways to be visually engaging, and and it's not for everybody else's benefit. It's it's really for me. I it, I, f- I feel like I know. I mentioned this. In our first conversation around the beautiful, for me, putting on makeup and taking pride in like, you know, what what clothes I'm choosing for that day. It's it's almost like putting on armor and it makes it so that when I sit down, I feel completely comfortable and and, and I'm not worried about like, do I look weird in this? I'm not focused on the viewfinder because I find that a lot of people like like so at the very beginning whenever we're doing all these virtual events you're not really looking at the people you're talking to you're looking at yourself to make sure you don't look stupid and yep. and, and you're so there you're not really connecting with the person that you're talking to and it was important to me to be like okay I look fine I don't need to look at myself let me make eye contact with the person I'm talking to so do you have a recommended brand of false lashes that you like so I really like obnoxious false lashes, and I'm a big fan of the brand Lily Lashes. Uh, but I, I I say that with the caveat that I don't know that they use all uh, like the the cruelty free mink lashes, which I think they might be now. I think they recently made that switch over, which is important. And there are a couple of companies that also do. I think Velour Lashes does cruelty free ones, but I I really like Lily Lashes. And the style that I like the most is Miami. And the louder ones, they have like Miami extremes. Those are the ones I've been wearing for uh, the virtual events that I've done just to be, just to, just to have fun. And I wore really big cocktail rings. Oh, really awesome. This, yeah, I, I'm really into this, uh, this moment of these gold chains, these thick gold chains that were like popular in like the 80s and the 90s. Yep. To that moment too. Just, and then shirts that have loud prints on them or have fun prints on them. It's uh, it just makes it a little more fun because it, even though we're not going anywhere, we can't get dressed up to go out to do anything. These, this was fun to me because I could I could get dressed up for this a little bit, even if I was wearing like pajama pants on the bottom, I could get dressed up for this. So yep, and because you're being not only broadcast in, on camera, which as you said washes you out, you're also um, depending on the size of someone's screen, you could be a tiny little box. You want to yeah. show up in that box, you, and you want them to be able to see your features. So you know, yeah. Get, 
cool color lipstick or I, I played with some fun glosses and there's a black owned business uh, of uh, makeup that I love. Um, Pat McGrath labs. Her makeup is fantastic. Her, her oh, eyeshadows and all of her lip products are beautiful. So if you're looking to potentially, you know, up your makeup game because of the virtual world right now, um, definitely check her stuff out uh, because it's, it's wonderful. And I think I even, they might've had a sale going on where they had, some items that were like 20 or 30% off. And I picked up a lip gloss from her. And I'm, again, it's just these, these fun ways to, uh, to make it fun also for the people who are watching you, but mostly for yourself. Yeah. There's just, it's just nice to be able to do it's like, it's a version of self care. It is. And I, one thing I've been doing in the quarantines is giving myself a manicure every Monday. Today was today's color is a very sparkly space purple, but oh, it makes like me it. stop it makes me uh, slow down because I am not very good at it. And it also makes me not do anything because my nails are wet. I have to wait for them to dry. I <laughs> but, love that. Manicure Mondays. That's wonderful. Oh, yeah. So today is a sparkly space purple. If you need a nail polish recommendation, ILNP, which I believe stands for I Love Nail Polish, their website <laughs> is full of sparkly chromes and incredibly vivid colors. Their summer collection is really nice and I'm super into it. Oh, that's wonderful. I'll have to check that out. And it's, it's like, it's like you said, I'm doing this for me. I talk with my hands Mm -hmm. and it's, it's like a nice little thing to dress up when I myself am not dressing up for much of anything. Yep. So true. I mean, yep. and, and, I, I, I'm all about the sweatpant lifestyle. I'm, I'm a huge advocate of Cheetos and sweatpants as often oh, yeah. as possible. But uh, <laughs> I think for the purpose of these events and just to get in the right mindset, it's, it is a nice treat. So all around, just, you know, bring your A game as much as you can with virtual events. Um, yep. And I, even if the effort is like, it's draining, I have a four month old. Obviously, it's draining for me to help have to like figure out, you know, am I going to do this while he's taking a nap? Can someone help me spend 30 minutes doing my makeup? It's it's worth it in the end if you are as privileged as I am to have these options available to you. Yes. Now, we also talked about cooking when we when we spoke. Uh, Um, Are there any recipes that you are making in the quarantines? Uh, Okay, so I'm big into comfort food right now. So I've been making a lot of chicken pot pies. And I use like, oh, the, hell yeah. Yeah. The store-bought uh, uh, pie crust. Don't, don't, I mean, like I have so much admiration for everybody who can bake. I'm not a great baker, but I'm a good cook. So I'll make like this really elaborate, uh, essentially like this very thick, hearty chicken stew. I have these fresh herbs from my garden that I'll put in it. So I'm a big fan of chicken pot pie. I'm really into the instant pot right now. Have you, have you used the instant pot? I love my instant pot. Oh, the Instant Pot for me with Indian food. There's this woman. Yes. This, there's this woman. Her name is Ashley Singh Thomas. And she wrote this book for Indian recipes for the Instant Pot. And I'm sold. I, like every single recipe I've made from this book is fantastic. So, and to me, Indian food is, is a big comfort food. As is Persian food and Korean food. I haven't been able to cook as frequently as I like because I have a, a very small child. But anytime I can cook, it's it's another moment for me that's really... It's cleansing, it's soul cleansing to just make something oh, with yeah. my hands. And as a creator who often doesn't see the final product of what she's working on for months, maybe a year, to be able to sit down in one evening with a bunch of raw ingredients and come up with, uh, you know, you, you finish your art basically 
and produce something that you can give to people in one night is very soothing to my soul. I have a recipe for you. It oh, what is, is it? from Serious Eats. Um, you eat? Do you eat meat? Yes. Yes. Okay. Just want to make sure. So uh-huh. this is a. I want to say it is. Let me get this right. Okay, cat, quit yelling at me. Your cat is like, no, pet the cat. Do not look at recipes and talk in the microphone. Pet cat. Okay, so this is chicken lentil bacon stew. Wait, what? Yes. Okay, I'm so, writing. I'm, I, I'm literally writing this down on my phone. Chicken lentil I will, bacon stew. I will send you the link. It is, chick, it is a whole chicken, bacon, and uh, dried French lentils, little tiny dark ones. Uh-huh. Um, you put... The you, you brown some vegetables. What we, we usually do is we buy the whole chicken from Costco and then we just cut it up with with shears. Uh-huh. Take the back out because that's too fatty. Drop all uh-huh. the pieces in. Drop your drop your um, lentils in and high pressure for twenty minutes. Then you pull out the chicken and shred the meat and mix it back in and you serve it with uh, parsley and sherry vinegar, which is like this whole other taste profile. It is so good. Okay, Holy give it to cow. me. Give it to me. Is there is there another recipe? Because now now we're in the food section of this of this broadcast. But is there another recipe that you've been loving? Because I I I I need to send you Ashley Singh Thomas's cookbook if you haven't if you don't have it. It's called Oh my gosh, Heart Beats. my heart beats. I need to send it to you. It's wonderful. But oh, I would love it. So what do you have another recipe that you're really into? Because the instant pot is wonderful because it's so quick. I don't have yep. to babysit things. I make beef bourguignon in my instant pot. That's another really oh. good recipe. Um, but so what, what are you cooking other than this? Because this, this chicken lentil bacon thing, I've, I've got it. That's got to happen. So that's a longer one that takes 20 minutes plus the time to come up to pressure. That's, you know, that takes a little bit of time. The one that I love for weeknights is, um, there's a America's test kitchen, multi cooker perfection cookbook. And inside Mm -hmm. is a recipe for Parmesan risotto. What? And then there's also a recipe for shrimp. Uh, I think it's shrimp for Roto where they use farro. So mm-hmm. what I did was I combined them because my kids love shrimp. And you make the risotto. It takes seven minutes at high pressure. It's ridiculous. I have not but made then, the risotto in the Instant Pot. I need to do that. Oh. oh, it'll make your eyes roll back in your head. It's so good. <laughs> but what happens is when you're done, you open the pot. You, it's a quick release. You open the pot and you make sure it's cooked all the way, which it is. And then you drop the shrimp in put the lid back on and let the shrimp cook with the carryover heat. It takes like 10 minutes and then they're perfectly done. After you've stirred in the cheese, then you top with some chives and dinner is like 25 minutes total. It's unbelievable. Oh my God. Okay. That I have to do that. Yep. That's happening. And it's one of my kids' favorite dinners. And so if we have some shrimp in the freezer, I can, I can always be like, you know, I'm not feeling dinner tonight. Let's make shrimp risotto instead. And it's, it's easy. It's super easy. And gosh, is it good. That sounds like the best comfort food, like cheesy risotto. Risotto is really just like, um, it's like snobby mac and cheese. It's the best thing ever. So what are you working on right now, aside from makeup and instant potting and raising a (laughs) four-month-old human? How is the four-month-old human? He is the cutest thing. He's the best thing we've ever made. Like, honestly, the best thing we've ever made. There, every time he smiles, when I go to get him in the morning, and his he see, as soon as he sees me, and he gives me this big gummy smile, I'm like, take all my money, take whatever you want, <laughs> and then all my friends joke, they're like, oh, he will, he will take everything. <laughs> but uh, he is the cutest, um, and but I also feel the responsibility to, to tell people this is extremely hard 
Yes. Uh, I, and, and I wish, um, I wish we more freely allowed women to say that because I feel like often I'm around people who are like, Oh, if you, if you complain about a baby, you're not, you're not a baby person. Oh, but aren't you so thankful? Yes. That the gratitude I feel for that is immeasurable, but also he's screaming in your ear at four o'clock in the morning. Like, and yeah. you don't know what to do. You're sweaty all the time as a new mom. That's the thing I keep telling everybody. I'm, ask me what I'm, how I'm doing. I'm like, I'm sweaty. There's no, <laughs> if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're breastfeeding, if you're doing any, like if you're carting around this kid who's like spitting up on you or whatever, you're sweaty all the time. It's hard. It's beautiful. It's magical. But I want to give people the space to be like, holy shit, what did I just do? And I talked about this with, with my husband a lot. Like, it's an interesting feeling because you're so excited about this new chapter of your life and you can't wait. Like, I can't wait to cook for him. I can't wait to take him all these cool places one day when we can still go where we want to go. I keep dreaming about the first time I'm going to take him to Disney World and it just, it like makes my heart burst at the thought. But also you're mourning sort of the loss of your, your life without kids. And yep. I don't know that we let people mourn adequately. Like, because you no. I can have those two things at the same time, extreme joy and extreme sadness for what you've lost. Oh, yeah. I mean, even just going into the quarantines was mourning yes. the normal yes. life you used to have that we're not going to have for a while. It's a big change to go from being a uh, a nine month pregnant gestating person, yep. um, you know, I I used to rest my dinner plate on my belly, like it was I was <laughs> I was all out front. I could just park my whole meal just right there, and if there weren't any hiccups, I was I was good to go. And then I barely sat down. I never slept in. I, it was yep. a complete change of every piece of my schedule. And I don't think you're right. I don't think there's enough room to say this is really hard and it sucks sometimes. It's it, wonderful and it sucks at the same time. Exactly. And you can have those two seemingly conflicting emotions at the very same time. Like I, I, I'm very grateful for any of my friends who came to me and they were like, hey, if you need to just like shout or something, let us know. I mean, we're getting to a much better place because he's now sleeping through the night. And that, yes! was, that was a real gift right there. The sleeping through the night was a real gift. I was like... I've loved you so much yesterday. My love has only grown for you. <laughs> <laughs> and there's that moment where you wake up and you're like, oh my God, I didn't get up. Is something wrong? Oh my God, wait. Exactly. Sleeping? You're startled. Sleeping has happened? <gasps> yeah, exactly. I remember the first day that I realized it happened and I woke up with this like like panic start. Like you like you, you feel like you might have slept through your alarm. And I look <gasps> at my, my clock and it's like 7.20 something. And he's still asleep in his bassinet. I'm like, holy <gasps> shit. This is magic. <laughs> oh yeah. So, but he's the cutest. We we are so grateful for him, and uh, we're grateful now that we can start having introducing family. My mom is watching him right now while I'm doing this interview, and it it is it is a beautiful, wonderful thing to watch my mom with her first grandkid. So, oh, that's so lovely. All right. So, aside from cookbooks, what books do you want to tell people about? So I am reading and I, I, in the, in the, in the very small amount of time that I have right before I go to bed, cause I, I, I always have to read before I go to bed. And for me, it's, it's like almost like etch a sketching my brain from the day. And it's a way I decompress. It's part of my mm-hmm. evening ritual. I am reading and I want to be one of these people who stays up until four o'clock in the morning reading it. And I know I can't because I got a baby, 
but uh, you, you, you'll, you'll pay for that decision. <laughs> um, for sure. I'm reading uh, Sarah McLean's Daring in the Duke. And I am having such a good time with this book because I remember last October when I was hanging out with Sarah and she was talking about this book with me and how she's writing the ultimate like sort of Robble novel. And she has pulled it off. So because she's like, she's like, I've made him so detestable that I, I'm worried, you know, is there anything redeemable about this character that I've made so detestable to, and, and a grovel novel for everybody who's listening is basically where, where typically the hero has screwed up so badly that he has to get down on his hands and knees and beg for forgiveness. And yep. uh, she is pulling this off so well. I, I am so proud of her and she's just, her books are so fun. Um, I'm also very lucky in that I've been able to read some books that aren't out yet, uh, because I've beta read them. I read, uh, Subba Tahir's last book in her quartet, the Ember Quartet. Um, oh, my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very, very, uh, very excited about this book. It's, it's fantastic. She has done tremendous work with these characters and the, time that she takes to sort of rework scenes because I've been able to, I'm privileged to watch her in the in process writing these books and she is so fixated on making everything absolutely perfect to the point where she will rewrite one scene like five or six times and this book is fantastic I also read Roshni Chakshi's The Silvered Serpents beautiful beautiful book Uh, her best yet she just gets better and better with every single book that she writes um, I'm getting ready to write how to win or write. I'm getting ready to read how to win the time war, which has come back to me with so many recommendations. And I also just read, um, which is odd because it's a cookbook, but I, I enjoyed reading it so much. Sammy Nostrat's, uh, salt, fat, acid, heat. Have you read this? I love that book. I love I her love so it. much. I love her so much. And it's, it's like, you wouldn't think this because it's a cookbook, but it's actually such a wonderful read. It's, it's it's so good. It's so wonderful. I and so those are the books I've been reading right now. What are you reading? I want to know what you're reading. <laughs> oh goodness, I am reading Lauren Ho's Last Tang Standing, Ooh. which has been pitched as Bridget Jones's Diary meets Crazy Rich Asians, and so far that is dead on exactly what this is. It is so dishy. There are super wealthy people with super massive problems and all of that sort of familial pressure to conform to a very specific standard. And there's a slow burn romance, which is my favorite. So that is what I am reading right now. That sounds fantastic. I I I definitely have to pick up that book. That sounds like something I would love to read right now. Oh yeah, it's super dishy. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you for joining me. Thank you to Renee Achtia for hanging out with me and talking about all the things. Do not fear if you're thinking you want to eat or cook or try or read or maybe buy some of the stuff we talked about. I'll have links to everything, don't worry, in the show notes at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. And I am curious, what virtual gatherings have you attended or hosted? What really works for you virtually? I'm I'm really interested in finding out what works for everyone because what works for me is not always what works for other people. You can email me at sbjpodcast at gmail.com. You can call and leave a short message at 1201-371-3272. Or you can leave a comment on the entry for this podcast. Either way, I love hearing from you. Now, I promised a coupon for shoes, and I would never joke about such things. 
I was recently sent two pair of sandals from California Footwear Company, and wow, are they comfortable. They have a very soft footbed that is very supportive, but there's a thick sole that can handle all the walking I do without slipping. I walk a lot, especially now, and these are perfect for all of the dog walks and the the end-of-the-day strolls I take with my family. They are awesome sandals with awesome arch support, and they're so comfortable, you'll forget to sit down, and they're really cute. They have cute styles. So you can invest in yourself and start with your feet and get 30% off your order with free shipping with code SBTB30. That's 30% off your order and free shipping with SBTB30 at CaliforniaFootwearCo.com. Thank you again to the Patreon community for being fabulous. I deeply, deeply appreciate your support. And it means a lot to know that the, the podcast keeps you company. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you would like to have a look at our Patreon, it is patreon.com slash smartbitches. As always, I end with a terrible joke because that's how we do things here. It's terrible of me to share these terrible jokes. So that's why I do it. Are you ready? It's a good joke, by which I mean it's really bad. Why do dragons sleep during the day? Why do dragons sleep during the day? Because they only hunt nights. (laughs) it's so silly i love it if you want to send me bad jokes please do makes my day to get bad jokes from all of you i love it so much but on behalf of renee and myself and everyone here we wish you the very best of reading have a wonderful weekend we will see you back here next week smart podcast trashy books is part of the frolic podcast network you can find amazing podcasts to listen to at frolic.media slash podcasts